Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick J and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from North Carolina. Today is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter A Vision for You on page 157, the fifth paragraph, beginning with the man in the bed was told and reading through one paragraph only. Today's readers are Gina F., The Twelve Steps, Nancy M., The Twelve Traditions. Our big book readers are Kathy S. for the text, Janice P.M. for page 164, and Larry G. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Nancy C., and our second-hour moderator is Karen K. The share ID for Sunday, January 3rd, 2022, is 18,342. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gina F. to read the 12 steps. Gina F., go ahead and unmute. Yeah, all right. Here I am. Good morning, everybody. Gina F., compulsive overeater in Connecticut. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a great day. Thank you, Gina. I will now ask Nancy M. to read the 12 Traditions. Hi, good morning. This is Nancy M., compulsive overeater in Florida, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes at the time, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter of Vision for You on page 157, the fifth paragraph, beginning with, The man in the bed was told, and reading through, that one paragraph only. I will now ask Kathy S. to begin reading. Good morning, Rick. Thank you. Um, this is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. The man in the bed was told of the acute poisoning from which he suffered, how it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind. There was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. All right. Um, well, here again, we see how important it is when we are talking with newcomers and as a newcomer, um, we need to be convinced of the hopelessness of this disease. And we all are quite familiar with how it deteriorates the body. We talk a lot about um, being, for me, 10, pounds, 10 to 20 pounds underweight as well as 10 to 20 pounds overweight. 
my extreme binging and restricting and exercising. And that just proves the miracle of God's creation in my body, the fact that I'm still here despite what I did. Um, but there is much talk about the mental state. This is the greater aspect, I believe, to the mental obsession is the greater aspect of this disease. It's the part that um, I didn't even know about until I came into this particular meeting and we talked about it. Um, the uh, I wanted to, I noticed the word acute and I looked it up. Um, it's the definition for acute is very serious or dangerous. But there's another definition. It says having, having, I can't read my writing, having an ability to think clearly, having or showing an ability to think clearly and to understand what is not obvious. And that thinking clearly, and then it's followed in this paragraph by the word poisoning. It's something we obviously cannot do when we are in this disease and barely so in recovery. That's what 10 steps are for. Um, it also talks about how it warps the mind. Um, I could not get well until I understood what I was dealing with. Really have to, you know, putting the food down, that, that really helps with the physical allergy and, and the first part. But working the rest of the steps and having that desperation, that hopelessness, because I had tried everything else, you know, that's what brought me to this um, just this place uh, to clear the connection with God, to clear the, the pomp and the worship of other things, uh, the calamities through working the steps, especially for me today, 10, 11, and 12, and how it just, it just clarifies, brings me to an acute um, connection with God. And I'm able to, to navigate life today in a way that I never thought possible. I didn't realize how cut off I was. And um, it's just, I'm just so grateful for this fellowship, for the people that are in this meeting who have shared with me their experience and the truth about this disease, that it's progressive, permanent, and fatal, and it will kill me. And um, most importantly, I am powerless over it. So everything I tried didn't work. The only thing that works is this, these steps and staying in connection with God and this fellowship. And uh, so with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Thanks for getting us started, Kathy. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Christina L. Janice P.M. Oh, I didn't know. I was unmuted. Janice P.M., please. Okay, I've got Christina L. and Janice P.M. Thank you. Vasa O. Vasa Rachel o. K. Rachel Ginger K. Ginger C. Ginger C. Okay, maybe uh, one or two more. Well, you know what? We'll just stop right there, and we'll get some Veronica more names. C. So, uh, oh wait, who was that? Veronica C. All right, Veronica. So we're going to hold off with Veronica on this first group. And um, again, if you don't mind, uh, 
including the state you're from when you introduce yourselves and the initial of uh, first initial of your last name. So Christina L, you are up, followed by Janice PM. Go ahead, Christina. Good morning. Thanks for your service, Rick. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. And um, <laughs> this uh, this um, paragraph is really bringing me back to to last year when I was in the disease and not in program and not doing the work and not doing the 10 steps. It reminded me of how I, I, I don't know when it was, but I remember thinking or this thought just coming through my head that, see, I'm really not a compulsive overeater. I'm not eating the food. Nothing is bothering me. I'm not angered by my husband, my son, or whatever is going on. And, you know, that just really speaks to the mental state that was going through my, um, that how much the, I had been warped. My mind had been warped by this disease. And it's easy for me to see it before I came into program, but the minute I stopped doing the work, um, it's, it is like the acute poisoning. And the acute poisoning, um, I love that definition that the the reader had had shared because that sounds exactly like where I was at. Um, I'm trying, I wrote it down from what she said, but uh, having an ability to think clearly what is obvious, but I know I missed some words there. And um, that just really spoke to me as to where I was at. And it was, um, the other thing was that, you know, I, I was told, my mind, my disease told me that I was cured, that I could have a cookie because I was cured and it wasn't going to affect me. And so I did. And um, I went right back to work and prayed about it and stuff and was kind of, well, was definitely in fear about it, that's for sure. And when I didn't go back for any more, it was like my mind told me, see, you really are cured. You really, really don't have this thing. So what do I do? I go back to work and, and have another. And then it was like that acute poisoning was definitely in my brain, in my body, in my mind. It was everywhere. And it proceeded to bring me into the <laughs> the hell. <laughs> Um, until I finally got some sense and came to surrender again. And um, I'm just so incredibly grateful for this program um, because I'm not the same person that I was when I came in program, and I'm not the same person that I was last yesterday. And the more that I surrender and the more that I keep turning it over, the more God reveals to me and does for me what I can't do for myself. And... Um, you know, for me, the acute poisoning can also be um, my thinking because really a reminder. I don't have a food problem anymore today, but I have a thinking problem. So thanks for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Christina L. Janice PM, you're up next, followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Janice. Well, thank you so much for leading our meeting today, Rick. This is Janice PM. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. All right, what we what we see here, and if you know the the man in the bed, there's Bill W. and Bob's coming to the hospital, and uh, he's talking. You know, he's talking to this uh, new pr- pr- prospect 
new member potentially of AA. Now, remember, at this time, uh, there was no um, there was uh, no twelve steps. There was no big book. Um, so Bill and Bob had the power, you know, given to them as a recovered alcoholics to go to other potential prospects and tell them about his experience, their experience. And the first thing, they listen, they listen, they listen, as we heard yesterday. And then we get the prospect to identify in, say, yeah, you know, I did that, I did that. Now, what do we do next as a recovered sponsor? This is a special skill that God has given me and giving us who are recovered. The first thing I do is discuss the mental, the allergy, the uh, grave nature, grave nature of my disease. And that includes always the nature of the disease. It's explained that it's twofold, that we have an allergy of the body, always, till the day I die, and an obsession, the mental twist of the mind before I pick up. Now, what's an allergy? If I have an allergy to penicillin and I go to the doctor and say after six months, can, can you give me some penicillin? And he'll say, Janice, remember, you're allergic. Once you're allergic to penicillin, you don't grow out of it. You know, it doesn't take time. It's You are aller allergic. So he was cornered, you know, to know that he was powerless. You know, so we discuss the mental twist of the mind that I cannot control this allergy once I pick up. Um, if I don't know the problem, <laughs> I can't know the solution. Of course, I always thought the problem was the food and the solution. I mean, and it's, uh, you know, yeah, sure, it's the beginning. I have to have a food plan, you know, to know which, which foods I, I am allergic to. But, you know, this was never discussed in, the, in 30 years ago. We went to the, you have to get a sponsor, and you keep going to meetings, and you, you follow this food plan, and you'll be all set. And that's not, well, it helps, but it's not the solution. So what they did is still, sure, thank you, hon. The skill of Bill and Bob is not talking about God at this time and not preaching, but telling them about the severe nature of this disease, the spiritual malady and the physical. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice PM. All right. Vasa O, you're up next, followed by Rachel K. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Can you hear me, Rick? I can hear you. Thank you very much for your service. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa. Grateful, grateful for recovered compulsive vehicle from Florida, uh, from Port Charlotte, Florida. And, uh, wow. I am so great. I had no understanding. I was shocked when I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous to learn what my problem was, which I knew the problem that I had, but I could never solve it by myself, by my willpower, which I tried for years and years, and I couldn't. I didn't know how. And here I'm brought into Overeaters Anonymous, and I was so excited to find out about the allergy and the doctor's opinion, reading the doctor's opinion, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. 
I had it, but I didn't know, and I didn't know how to stop it. So here I'm finding the solution, the problem, and the solution. There was a word for it. And I was, I, as I said, I've shared this many times, I was excited. And my sponsor 12-stepped me for about a week before she brought me to the first meeting. And she was in AA for a couple of years. So she was reading the big book, but she came in away because she was strong with the food addiction. So we do uh, transfer things. We can go from an alcohol to food or gambling, whatever. The problem is we can go through to love addictions, whatever, you know. But that's why I keep coming and I'm staying here because I'm learning all about all these addictions and how to help myself and how to deal. And I needed to find a power greater than myself with the food and everything else in my life. So, yeah, the body was deteriorating. I, um, uh, I, I had warped mind, it does it says here. It was warped, I warped his mind. When I was, my, my mind was warped. But then, you know, coming to the program, and I learned differently. And, yes, my body was getting deteriorating. I was getting, you know, high blood pressure, uh, diabetes on the borderline of diabetes, huffing and puffing, going up and down the stairs, getting the clothes, you know, that don't fit me. I'm sure that I had to bring them up or, you know. And, uh, but the solution was here and hearing how the 100 men and women on the first edition recovered. I said, yes, I'm willing. I'm, I want to. I don't want to die. I've seen people die from the disease in my family. My mother died from it, and I know in heaven she prayed for me, and, and I know why I came to OA to save my life. And I have much more longer life than my mom, mom did, uh, much less suffering with the it's food addiction. Minor. Thank you very much for letting me share. And I'm just excited, and I keep coming. It's not the physical. It's emotional, spiritual, and three levels. That's why I'm here. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Rachel K., you're up next, followed by Ginger C. Go ahead, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much. This is Rachel Kay from California. Um, I love it, even though this paragraph is only a few sentences, I love how this talks about um, poison, that um, just because no cop is ever going to ask me to, to count, you know, say the alphabet backwards <laughs> or to, you know, walk the line or whatever, I am, I, you know, food is an intoxicant to me. Um, or else why, why didn't I just go on a diet and lose weight and stop compulsively overeating? That's because it is a powerful intoxicant. Um, and it also poisons my body. I'm in healthcare. I never had a 95 year old fat patient. Um, I did have, uh, people who were my age who were, on dialysis or who had lost toes or entire limbs to diabetes, who were overweight, um, who, you know, couldn't stop eating. And I didn't realize how much of an intoxicant food was to my brain until I had put it down. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I, I can sit and read and, and concentrate on things and understand them. And, you know, I, I went back to school. I couldn't 
for me, I couldn't be in school and, and, you know, attend class and study and do all those things until that intoxicant was out of my brain. You know, I am mentally and bodily different from my fellows. Food affects me differently. Um, you know, I remember ending up, you know, I was driving on an icy road, eating M&Ms and ending up in a ditch. Um, and I was so shaken up that I had to finish the bag of M&Ms in the ditch. So normal people don't do that. Normal people, you know, don't behave that way. But the good news is, is God can overcome those things. God, that, that first of all, you know, my mind can clear up after I'm out of the food and after I take these steps. Um, God can overcome that bodily difference. You know, no, no man, you know, I, God speaking through my fellows can help me, but no, nobody had the power to heal my body and my mind and my spirit the way God could. God was able to overcome that poisoning, um, you know, was the, was the anti-venom um, to that poison. And that the clearer I got and the, the more my body cleaned up and my mind cleaned up, the stronger that connection with my higher okay, power. Well, oh, thank you. So anyway, um, everybody have a good week. Happy New Year, and I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel K. Ginger C., you're up next, followed by Veronica C. Go ahead, Ginger. Hey, Rick. Good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater in Colorado. And what's this mental state? <laughs> the mind that is unbelievable will not stop and goes with me everywhere because I have an acute poisoning. That's like a really scary word, acute. That's chronic. That's terrible. And poisoning, that's like, you know, those skull and crossbones danger. If you saw it in a lab, you'd stay away. Yet I return. Today's day one. I had the great thought that if I drink coconut milk or whatever the hell it is, <laughs> I'd stay healthy. I'd have immunity. I'd avoid COVID. You know, my mind will fill me with whatever BS it can to return to the food. And the bottom line is people, I love the food. I love the food. And I still want to keep it in play. And so I'm really grateful. Today is not sharing and shame. Today is a message that I'm getting from every beautiful bite that I have absolutely lost all choice and control when it comes to food. And I feel God saying, Ginger, if you don't get more boundaries around this food, weighing and measuring, being accountable on a daily basis, you're never going to get this. It's not going to happen because it has been proven over and over. My mind wins and I return. So this last binge started with the coconut and ended with the chocolate cake. And that's just what happens for us as real compulsive overeaters. I'm all about the food. And once I start, I don't stop. And more is always better. So I just pray and I ask for your prayers that I can get off this merry-go-round. You know, someone just mentioned it, and I love it. I am an addict. I love more of everything, and I always go away from God. 
what's affecting you today? You know, we sit on this Titanic ship that's sinking. Which seat have you switched over into? And sometimes it's just my thinking and my mind and my adrenaline seeking. But I could be gambling, shopping, pornography, smoking, drinking. The food may be down, but something else may be up. And my prayer to God is that my final breath is I'm finally free of everything and only with the one source, which is God. And with that, I passed. Thank you so much, Ginger C. Veronica C., you're up next, and then we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Veronica. Veronica C., go ahead and unmute. Hit star one. Yeah, sorry about that. Veronica C. from New York, thank you for your service. Um, So there's so many things that stand out in this simple paragraph. And I was looking at acute poisoning, um, suffering deteriorates the body and warps the mind. And what I keep going back to is that, you know, when I think that I'm thinking something through and that I have like an answer to something, there's a part of me that really starts to begin to recognize now after all these years that I'm intellectualizing something as opposed to being closer to God. And I hope I can explain this properly. There is a sense that because I'm a thinking person, because I consider myself an intellectual person, that if I just think something through, that that will be the answer to whatever my problem is. But the reality is, is that there is no thinking that's going to cure me of this. There is no thought process other than the fact that I need to be following a program which allows me to know that I'm I'm an important part of the process of working this with the power of something that's greater than me. Because if I rely on my own thinking, my own thinking just takes me to crazy places. I mean, I find that, you know, um, I will think that I can't have a certain feeling because if I do, that that's not going to be uh, an important part of, of my process as a human being. Like I really need to be a really good person all the time. And it's not even about that. It's not about being a good person. It's not about being a bad person, but it's about being a person that is connected and that really understands that it's like with God, all things are possible. And that's very true. But that process didn't always happen in my mind because my mind is warped with a lot of thinking that tells me that I've got to be something else. I've got to do something else. And if I just work with prayer, remind myself that it's very important to make that conscious connection. So for me, that is every morning having to wake up, make a conscious contact with God, not just a thought process of, oh, yeah, I'm a part of God. But I personally have to make that a conscious contact. Because once I do that, then I feel that I have the power to carry me through and I have more of a healthy thought process 
to work the rest of the program and to work my day. So, um, Just a reminder? Yeah. So thank you for listening. All right. Thank you so much, Veronica C. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter, A Vision for You, page 157, the fifth paragraph, beginning with, The man in the bed was told, and reading through one paragraph only. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who else would like to share today? Loretta H. All right, Loretta. Who else? Liz S. Liz S is in Sam? Yes. Okay, Liz S. Leave a P. Uh, Leia what, S. Okay, Leia. Um, and what was right before Leia? What was your name again? Sorry. Reva P. Reva. Okay, Reva. Gotcha. All right. Who else? Judy S. Judy S. All right. Um, I think we'll hold off there, and then we'll get some more names as time allows. So uh, just a reminder, I need the uh, first initial of your last name and also the state you're from. So Loretta H., you're up next, followed by Liz S. Go ahead, Loretta. Thank you, Rick J. It's Loretta H. from North Carolina. I Thank everybody on the line who's saving my life, especially my God today, and everybody who shared before me, recovered, compulsive, overeater. Um, and yes, this I have a sickness. I have acute poisoning. I suffered in the disease. And especially being that um, my mind is where my malady is. It's in my mind. Um, you know, I used... Starving, it's a very powerful, powerful uh, trick and reasoning for how I can get through my life. Because I'm really insane. You know, step two restored me to sanity. You know, my life is unmanageable. It's not and, it's that my life is unmanageable. And I tried to understand the why for so long. Why, 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 why? And God's grace and mercy came in, told me what was wrong with me and what I needed to do to arrest this one day at a time. And I always feel whoever got up the earliest is the most abstinent because it is a one day at a time for me. It's that spiritual connection and that um, relationship with my higher power that I always, always have to depend on and get strength from and the reasoning that is where the why comes in my propaganda and my mind my mind is very sick and with God's grace and mercy if I work this practice every day and I must work it harder because it's so progressive that I can arrest this but as somebody always says Two and ten are the most underutilized steps. So I need, as my sponsor was talking to her last night, I'm going through some stuff, and I need to use those step tens 
and my 11s and work with others to get that immunity because if I don't, I will die of this disease, not what I'm going through. I will die of this disease. So today with God's grace and mercy, not only is he helping me with this disease, but he's helping me get through my life and tolerate my reality as it is right now in the surrender. And I don't ever have to know why. I just have to know what to do. And that is practicing the principles in all my affairs. And with that, I pass. And all the stormy weather in North Carolina is going to pass, too, because I'm going to pray. Bye. Thank you, Loretta H. All right, Liz S., you are up next, followed by Reva P. Go ahead, Liz. Hi, it's Liz S. from New Hampshire, and I'm very grateful for everything I've heard. And it's the last line in this paragraph. There was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. And it, it took me back to um, there is a solution where Bill talks about once in a while he may tell the truth. And the truth, strange to say, is usually that he has no more idea why he took that first drink than you have. Um, what, I, um, what I find quite you know, astonishing, and it's often astonished me about this disease, is I can pick up something that tastes good and I can't stop. And I can eat myself sick without even tasting what I'm eating. That's not only for me the allergy, but that's something very wrong with my thinking, with my mental state. And I've learned that I don't have to understand it. I don't have to get it. I just have to know that's what happens. And a very kind doctor of mine said to me at one point, you have to develop a healthy fear of, of what happens because you're not normal when it comes to food. Not a fear and a terror, but a healthy fear of what could happen if you pick it up. A healthy reminder of what that last binge did to you and where it took you. And I heard in yesterday's show, which was wonderful, which I hadn't quite heard in the same way, that this is permanent. It's not going away. So if I continue or want to test it, play around with it, it's never going to change. If I pick something that is, pick up something that I'm allergic to, the same result will follow all the time. And it doesn't matter why. It just matters that I know it will. So, you know, that's, that's the bottom line for me. It's permanent. I have allergic substances. And my mind can go there if I'm not working these steps and living in the solution. And with that, I pause. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. All right. Reva P., you're up next, followed by Leah S. Go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. You know, this paragraph is such a succinct little summary of the twofold nature of my disease. So when I came in, it was a revelation, and it was extremely helpful to hear about this allergy of the body, the acute poisoning. And I had proven so many times to myself that I was terribly allergic to certain foods, ingredients, um, and even behaviors. Um, but I love the last sentence because if I only had an acute poisoning allergy, I would be good to go. I don't even, I wouldn't have to come here because I've seen people who have allergies. They stay away from their substance and they don't, they don't crave it. They don't want it. They know they can't have certain things. But the mental state preceding the first drink, to me that speaks to the ism. 
I have the ism. And I think it takes years to really realize what goes on in my head when I am abstinent. That is the thing that will kill me. That is the stuff that will take me back to the thing that kills me with the crossbones on it. Um, and it's very hard for me to express in words. Um, I think it does take a long time to realize the grave nature of that mental state. My mind does not um, process, perceive things the way that other people do. And that's why I need the steps 10, 11, and 12. And they're totally interwoven and integrated, and I need all of them. Um, but I need to keep clearing out the mind from the stories, the false beliefs, the old beliefs. Um, when my mind is so convinced of something, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and if my mind is not clear, um, you know, that's why I need that power to keep, keep uh, my thinking straight because it's the thinking that always precedes the picking up. Um, it's, it's always the thinking and the stories. Um, and um, yeah, I just think it takes a long time um, to go deeper and deeper to really get to the roots and, and foundations of all that old stuff. And it doesn't just go away. It's a constant daily reprieve daily reprieve. I can't, I can't stay healthy on yesterday's revelations. Um, so I love how they basically summarize the whole first few chapters of the big book um, as they're talking to him in this um, short summary paragraph. And with that, I pass. Oops, sorry. I was, uh, I was muted there. Thank you, Reva. Uh, P and uh, Leah S, you're up next, followed by Judy S. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, everyone. Good morning and a good, a good and a healthy new year to everybody. Um, so uh, my name is Leah S, and I'm in Brooklyn. And you know, I I used to think myself uh, a very particular person because I I went on a diet, and every time I lost my weight. So I didn't have a problem about what everybody is talking about, but I did want to lose the weight, and I was interested in all these meetings, so so I did come on. The truth of the matter is that whatever you're doing to your body, whatever party you're going to attend and, and, and gorge yourself with or not, they are they are harming my body. They kept harming my body, and I, I, I did just because I didn't see it didn't mean that it wasn't there. And um, the truth is that uh, being abstinent and Dr. Silkworth saw saw through. Uh, it, it's just a miracle that he did see through uh, Bill and Bob and 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 what happened, and 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 this twelve step program. It it just um, it 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 works. It works if you work it. If uh, because because um, taking that first that first thing that first little thing or a little slice or a little pop in or whatever it is, it's it's it it just doesn't. You know, I'm an allergic person to certain foods, and. Um, 
I got to be very, very careful with that. I got to remind myself where I'm coming from and what I used to be. And it's not a joke. It's not a joke at all. So how many times am I going to say, okay, this is enough. I'm starting today. How many first days am I going to have? And what am I going to do? I'm going to follow these steps with the help of God. And I'm just going to continue doing, trudging and trudging. And you're going to be amazed at all the things that will happen to you and around your life. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Leah Judy S., you're up next, and then we'll take a few more names. Go ahead, Judy. Good morning. I am Judy S. from Wisconsin, and I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered, and uh, you know the mental state preceding the first drink um, is my biggest problem, and there's a part in the big book where it talks about, you know, our memory. We cannot bring to mind the awfulness of, you know, that last time it happened to us. You know, we, we just can't remember how awful it is. And because if we could, we wouldn't, you know, take that first bite. And, you know, there's a wonderful special edition on the broken bridge. And, um, you know, it, it's our our minds are broken in that sense because we just we don't know why, but for some reason I can't remember how awful it was. Um, you know, I tell myself that I can, <laughs> and you know, and and I can bring to mind sometimes, but it's not enough to not pick it up, and that's that's the insidiousness of this disease it's just that we go back that I go back to the food even though I do know what's happening or what's going to happen because it happens every time Um, and so I have to work every day every moment of every day to be aware of my mind and if there are thoughts in there that are niggling at me um, or telling me things that I know are not true um, to do what I can, and that is to connect with higher power to, um, you know, I, I constantly say, what, what's the reality in this situation? You know, what is the truth? Because I I have all these stories in my mind that I tell myself and um, you know, my goal moment by moment is to live in reality. And the only way I can do it because I'm broken is to um, have my higher power there with me. So um, for today, I am depending on my higher power to... Um, get me through a moment at a time and with that I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Judy S. Uh, we've got time for a 
50 more shares. Anybody else want to share on page 157, the fifth paragraph, the man in the bed was told? Shanna C. Sarah R. from New York. Who is that from New York? Sarah R. Sarah? Sarah R., yes. Gotcha, Sarah. All right, and uh, we'll go ahead with uh, with you two, and then we'll see where we're at. Go ahead, Shanna, followed by Sarah R. Shanna, go ahead and unmute. Sorry about that. I must, it must have muted back automatically. Okay. <laughs> this is Shanna C., grateful, recovered, compulsive eater from East Tennessee. Um, through God's grace, so happy to be here. Um, you know, one of the things that just keeps popping into my head, and it is absolutely true for me, is my sponsor said to me one time, as long as you think you have some power, God's not going to get in there and do it for you. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I didn't realize that whether subconsciously or consciously or not, there were times before that I somehow believed that I had power to follow the food plan, you know, uh, put it down, only have a couple, abstain completely, whatever. Um, The thing is I'm powerless over those strange middle blank spots. If I could use my own mind, if I could use um, knowledge, if I could use past experience to keep me safe and protected, that would have happened a long time ago. But the, the problem with that is lack of power. Lack of power is my dilemma. Um, I knew all kinds of stuff about food, myself, and everything else. Um, and, I, you know, and I had great intention. It's lack of power. Um, and I'm absolutely amazed that... Uh, what a miracle has happened in my own life. Um, I got to that point where I, it, it didn't matter whether a food plan was right, a food plan was wrong, who was sponsoring me, who wasn't, whatever it was I had to do, I saw that this thing was going to get worse and it was getting worse, had gotten worse, and there was absolutely nothing I or anyone else could do about it. I desperately needed a power greater than myself and I begged that power, whatever it was, to help me. And things lined up and I ended up with a sponsor that helped me got through the steps in each day. And one thing she did remind me of is this really is one day at a time. You know, I think in the back of my mind, I thought that once I got absent, it would stay absent. God would keep it away, you know, for the rest of my life. It, no, he removes the obsession daily, the daily reprieve. And as things crop up, it is my responsibility, um, whether I understand it or not, to yield. Um, you know, just yesterday, I'll, I'll share this experience real quick. Um, just yesterday, I went out to lunch, uh, was following the food plan. I had a food plan and had it all, you know, ready to go. I had no intention whatsoever uh, to eat. Um, but all of a sudden, I'm sitting at the table, and I'm like, I'm really nervous out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? And I'm hungry. But something inside of me said, you know, I'm not cured. I don't know what's going to happen at this meal. For me, it's one meal at a time. It's not white knuckling, but it's reliance upon a higher power each meal one day at a time. And I prayed. I asked God to remove the fear, to show me what it was, and um, sent a quick 10-step to my sponsor. I was still a little little nervous, went to the bathroom, got on my knees. God, I'm a compulsive eater, as you know. Yeah, I'm going to eat if you don't help me. And sure enough, it worked out. 
I did not compulsively eat. So it's not the food plan that saves me. It's the power that comes from God and this, these steps that accesses me, the power to keep me from eating. Thanks, I'll have. Thank you so much, Shanna. See, there are your... Hi, everyone. Um, good morning. This is Sarah R. from Brooklyn, New York. Um, this has been a really powerful meeting. The thing for me is, you know, someone mentioned before about the ability to lose weight right away. And for me, of course I can. I just, I know how to not eat. And, you know, why is it? Because anytime I felt inadequate in my life, it was so easy to go to the weight. Well, I'm large. I'm not good enough. People, I'm embarrassed to look the way I am. And then right away, I would just go to, you know, someone else was saying, like, can go through any addiction, right? So for me, it's always about the weight because it's about this concept of power, right? Came to believe that a power that myself could restore me to sanity. I've been doing that since I was born, you know, 31 years in the making. And what was my power? My power has always been my ability to lose weight my ability to do drastic makeovers. But you know what? After like months and months of not eating and being so small that my face looked green and my skin hung over my face, apparently that wasn't the power that could restore me to sanity. You know, and then eating all my food back up, that still wasn't the power. And, you know, there's some people, my mom has diabetes every day. She has to prick her finger to check her, to check her blood and her sugar. You know, there's some people, they have, like, different terminal illnesses, like people with cancer. They have to take their meds every single day. And, you know, for me, it's just I have to realize that my food plan is just to nourish, right, the same way I go to the bathroom whenever I need to, right? I don't think about it. I don't obsess about it. Um, You know, it's just a matter of self-care and you know, but this isn't even something that I can do myself. And the biggest thing is a power that myself can restore me to sanity is a higher power to learn how to deal with life on life's terms. You know, there's something called gravity. My body, even with any amounts of plastic surgery, can't look this obsessively like perfect look that I feel like I need to be in order to be okay. And that's also something that I'm learning how to be okay with other things, you know, and, 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 the concept of control of obsessively trying to control everyone else or control any narrative any day. You know, it's great in business. I'm amazing at what I do, but it doesn't work so well in life, friends. It doesn't work at all. And I have to learn that. I have to learn, you know, just follow the steps of the bid book, follow the fellowship and, you know, just show up humbly. And, you know, the more I, I tap into higher power as a power greater than myself, I don't have to show up and be, be the power, be that forceful nature. I can be the forceful nature in other ways, just, just by showing up and being actively present. So just a reminder. this book has taught me. Um, thank you so much. With that, I pass. Have a great day, everyone. Stay safe. Thank you so much, Sarah R. Uh, thank you to everyone who shared. And uh, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to our wonderful special edition yesterday, if you haven't heard it. It's uh, 18,342, and that perfectly goes with everything we talked about today. Um, And you can hear Melissa C. share on that. All right. So 
Uh, again, thanks to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, January 3rd, 2022, is 18,347. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Janice P.M., please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Be glad to, Rick. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.